From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the two-week parliamentary sitting ends today and the politicians are all heading into the winter break. It's been a pretty tumultuous fortnight when we look back on it and it's been a stressful one for a lot of people. So let's just go back to the Brittany Higgins issue, which came up again at the start of this sitting. A lot of people, not to mention the two directly at the centre of this story, have been very damaged by it, haven't they? Well, that's absolutely right. And of course, the heat in this last fortnight has been on Katie Gallagher and what she knew about the allegation before Brittany Higgins came out publicly and told her story. And I think Katie Gallagher is certainly feeling the strain. She'll be very, very glad to get out of Parliament and get back to a more orderly political life. But she's not, of course, the only one. The couple of weeks have been pretty hard for Brittany Higgins. But also, if you look further back into this affair, Linda Reynolds, the minister at the time who was dealing with this matter and in whose office the uh, alleged offence took place, uh, an offence, of course, that is denied by the man who was accused by Brittany Higgins. But Reynolds and also her chief of staff at the time, Fiona Brown, they've also, I think, suffered through this uh, whole saga. So it's a, a terrible irony, really, that it's been a number of women who've been really at the sharp end of uh, this whole matter, which will continue to go on because, of course, there's a report into the ACT justice system's handling of it, and that report is due at the end of July. And directly out of that debate around the Brittany Higgins matter came accusations against Liberal Senator David Vann, which saw him sacked from the Liberal Party room, and then he actually resigned from the Liberal Party. So presumably when he comes back to Parliament, Michelle, he'll be sitting on the cross benches. He's been away all this week, not surprisingly in the light of the allegations, but although Peter Dutton has said uh, he'd like to see him resign from Parliament, I guess the odds are that he will come back because uh, where could he get uh, a job out of Parliament uh, at this point? But certainly that set of allegations started off by Lydia Thorpe and then uh, backed up by Amanda Stoker, a former Liberal senator and a third uh, unnamed person, did come out of the blue and did mean the coalition attack on Gallagher really backfired on them, although they did continue with the attack and it really dominated the Senate uh, during the fortnight. All right, Michelle, let's move across to housing, which has seen an increasingly intense squabble between Labor and the Greens. Now, the debate over Labor's Housing Australia Future Fund bill has been deferred until October, which then spurred talk of it becoming a trigger for a double dissolution election. But how likely is that really? Obviously, the Labor Party would like to just have that trigger in the box to hang over the Greens, I guess. But In real terms, I don't think a double dissolution is very likely. I think that 
that uh, what we'll probably see is the Prime Minister go full term to a normal election. He's said he has no intention of an early election. Now, you can be sceptical about leaders saying that, but sometimes you should believe them. Scott Morrison said he had no intention of an early election and uh, he did not hold an early election despite uh, speculation. So I think that the argument uh, for a double dissolution is not very strong and there are arguments strongly against. One of those is that uh, it reduces the quota for senators and you get therefore a a larger crossbench and a large Senate crossbench is not what any government normally needs. The row between the Greens and the government on the housing fund has been in general incredibly fractious and personal and the Greens spokesman on housing, Max Chandler Mather, has really, I think, got under the skin of Labor, especially of the Prime Minister. Uh, We've seen uh, quite strong attacks from Anthony Albanese on him and Chandler Mather today accused the Prime Minister of misrepresenting him and made a personal explanation in Parliament. So a lot of uh, ill feeling there. I think that there was an expectation that the Greens might give in this week and pass that housing fund legislation because after all the government has produced an extra $2 billion for housing to try to induce them to come to the party, but they're still holding out for some controls on rents and uh, the government says, no, that's a bridge too far and anyway, it's a state matter. All right, so after that very messy fortnight in Parliament, how is the government placed heading into the winter break? It's actually got the voice legislation safely passed, so presumably that will now occupy a lot of their energy between now and the referendum? Well, the voice legislation, of course, was the main legislative thing that uh, came out of this fortnight and was always going to pass, but nevertheless uh, was a milestone on the way to the referendum. At the same time, I think the government is uh, really worried that uh, the no case is gaining ground, that it doesn't necessarily have... uh, any uh, gold-plated road to uh, a victory at this referendum. Indeed, today, Peter Dutton was saying that the Prime Minister should call the whole thing off. Now, that's obviously just a bit of a, a political line. But nevertheless, the government has not looked confident in Parliament this week. And in the lower house, the opposition attack was very much on the voice, what it would do, what it couldn't do. And uh, really, the government didn't handle that all that well. Linda Burney, who's the senior minister on this issue, her defences were not good and I think she was very problematic in what she said about the voice not being able to give advice on the date of Australia Day, which just didn't seem to add up. So I think that the government will be looking at how it can sharpen up its strategy to pursue the yes case. All right. And finally, Michelle, outside of Parliament, people are often occupied with very different matters, of course. The cost of living continues to rise. People are worried about interest rates. And the energy market is also facing huge challenges, isn't it? 
I think the cost of living is increasingly becoming an issue and the government will be watching the polls very closely to see whether this translates into a a knock for Labor in those polls. So far, of course, polling has been holding up, but uh, out in the real world, I think people are really feeling the pinch now. They're getting these letters about their electricity prices, power prices going up from July. They're grocery bills are very high and it's a cold winter. It's certainly a cold winter in Canberra. And so I think that uh, there, among ordinary voters, they will be concerned more and more about these bread and butter issues over the next few months. And the political question, which will be closely watched by both sides of politics, is whether that translates into political blame or whether people keep their views about politics separate from the uh, squeezes they're feeling in their everyday lives and uh, costs. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com. Hi, I'm Misha Ketchell, editor of The Conversation. We work with academic experts to make their work accessible so we can all be better informed. Everything we do is free to read and free to republish. Our only agenda is informing you, but we need your support. Every donation helps ensure quality information is available to everyone. Become a donor today. Go to donate.theconversation.com or follow the link in the show notes.